Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. Happy Monday, everybody. Yes, I know nobody's wished you happy Monday ever, but you know what? I'm going to be the first person to wish you Monday because you need support to get through this week, and I need some support because this is my last week of summer before I have to report back to college. I'm very excited. I'm very nervous, but you know what? I'm excited for things to somewhat go back to normality, and you know what? Going back to school really helps that. So if you hadn't checked out last episode, I posted more of a serious episode on Friday. I talked about the difference between actually making a difference and just being performative. I hope that gave you guys a different perspective. It gave you something to think about. So, you know, just take that into consideration. And next time you use a hashtag, you change your Facebook profile, whatever the case might be. If if you're curious to know what I'm talking about, please check out that episode on Friday. That was, again, one of my more serious episodes. And now I want to address more of this week. So, You know, I was reviewing a lot of the episodes from last week, and I kind of realized something. We've been focusing way too much on other teams and not so much the New Jersey Devils, and I apologize for that. It's just because, you know, with the Devils not being in the bubble, not being in the playoffs, sometimes it's difficult to find topics to talk about. But I kind of realized we need to limit on what teams we talk about because especially if the team has no uh, relevancy to towards the Devils, maybe their draft outcome. So we will update uh, teams here and there and you know see how does this impact the draft because like I said in Thursday's episode, I believe, because I had to revise that after Monday's blunder, you know, I stated that some teams based on where they finish will affect the New Jersey Devils. So we will update those teams. I'll give you the scores in a second, but that's all I wanted to address. So Let's get down to business first and foremost. Congratulations to defensiveman P.K. Subban. Now you're probably wondering, wait, wait, why are we congratulating him? He did nothing. His first season in New Jersey did not go as planned. We're one of the seven teams out of the NHL bubble. What are we congratulating him for? For having a mediocre year and being a shell of his former self? Well, not exactly. There is a silver lining for Subban and the New Jersey Devils. It might not be the biggest achievement, but it's something. He is a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. It's presented by the NHL to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy contribution in his community. Joining him as a finalist are New York Rangers, Henrik Lundqvist, and Minnesota Wild defenseman Matt Dumba. So I want to address Matt Dumba real quick because similar to P.K. Subban, um, Matt Dumba is trying to you know create equality in the great sport of hockey and trying to diversify it and I must say I was a little appalled by the reception he received when he knelt for the national anthem when he raised his fist in the air and also when he gave his speech about trying to you know just fight for injustice and also fight for equality as I stated so the problem is is that as I stated in the last episode on Friday the reason the NHL got all this attention for the national anthem and things of that nature is because Donald Trump's son Eric tweeted out thanks for standing at NHL you know 
all that. So that definitely put all eyes on the NHL and also peer pressured people into wanting people to kneel for the national anthem in the NHL. And obviously Dumba knelt during the national anthem. Now, while do I feel as though he was peer pressured into doing it? Yes, because that's not fair to him. He's Canadian. He's not American. Like, I don't know what the... Uh, I don't know what the situation is in Canada. I don't know what the situation is in Europe because I'm not from there. But I think that's a little unfair to put all the pressure on people like P.K. Subban or Matt Dumba because, you know, they're not from this country. They're from Canada. They have their own battles to fight. And if they want to do it, that's on them. Don't peer pressure them into doing it. But I'm not against if he decides to do it. So, you know, because that's, well, I, I don't know what the constitution or i don't know what the uh, canada's constitution is someone uh tell me if you can but you know it's just like he has the right to do so just like anyone else he's still a human being and i respect that can't say i agree with it because you know i feel like people were making him do it for the wrong reasons and people were pressuring him into doing it but other than that huge congrats to all three finalists and uh, the reason P.K. Subban was given a nomination for this award was because, like I stated in two episodes, Subban donated $50,000 to George Floyd's daughter GoFundMe page. And he also got the NHL to match his offer. And there you go. Like P.K. Subban says on his hat all the time, change the game. And that's what I like. That goes a much longer way than just kneeling. It's similar to what the uh, people were doing a few years ago with the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, that's fun, and yeah, it's great performance, but the money makes a difference. You know, that goes a much longer way than being performative, and I like what all three of these guys represent, and I feel like all of them are well-deserving to try to receive this award, and may the better man win, and hopefully it's Subban, because, you know, this is great representation uh, for the New Jersey Devils, because, you know, we need something, anything, just to get excited about, and you know what, this may not be a Norris Trophy, this may not be this, this may not be that, but you know what, at the end of the day, we can't complain, we have a great guy on our team who's just trying to make a difference in the world, who is not only just about being performative, but also taking action to make sure that there's change in this world, and I I think that's a great thing and another thing i need to add is we need to cut this act out we knock it off guys stop with the uh hating on social media stop with the huge dislike to like uh ratio on youtube twitter because like when i saw uh, matt dumba get his speech there were more dislikes than likes we need to cut that out okay you can't avoid it it's everywhere i'm sorry and it still exists even if you don't realize it and I know you're probably getting tired of me talking about it. I know some of you might want to give me a bad review. Some of you might just want to cut off this podcast all in general because you're tired of hearing it. But you know what? I don't care because I feel as though I have the right to say it because I want to use my platform to inspire people. I want to use my platform just to express my opinion. And honestly, we, we, we just need to cut it out. We need to stop it. All right. We're, we're just trying to make a difference. Is, is there a lot more good in the world? Absolutely. Yes. But we still have a long way to go if we want to get to where we want to be as a society. And I do believe we can get there one day and we're making improvement generation after generation, decade by decade. And you know what? That's what we need to realize and be impressed by. We've made a lot of progress. And I know in these times, it can look like the world is going backwards. But in my opinion, through my perspective, the world has never been more promising. And I think that's something to get excited about.
Now you're probably sick of my rambling and my rant, and I think I got my point across. So let's talk more about the King Clancy Award in which P.K. Subban is a proud nominated member of. So in an article I read, according to the NHL, each team nominated a player for the award with the three finalists and the winner chosen by a committee led by Commissioner Gary Bettman. And here's what the committee looks for in each of the candidates. So here's what was required in order to be one of the final nominated players to be up for this award clear and measurable positive impact on the community investment of time and resources commitment to the league's community initiatives commitment to a particular cause or community creative of programming use of influence engagement of others so according to the nhl as well the winner who will be announced during the 2020 conference finals gets a 25 thousand dollar donation to a charity of his choice the runner-ups get five thousand dollar donations each so that's really great that's gonna what's gonna make a difference in the world it's because yes this might not go on a player's resume to you know get into the hall of fame or whatever but you know what some things are bigger than sports and i like what the nhl just did right there and that's the type of thing i'm talking about be more about action and less about being performative you know that that's i just got to give a round of applause to the nhl for doing that so well done nhl thank that that's awesome right there and um like i said may the better man win because that's a great uh that's a just that's a great achievement to uh to win and also just help out your community with speaking of making a difference i want to give a special shout out to not only the new nhl team the seattle kraken i also want to give out a shout out to someone who means a whole lot to my career and where I'm at right now. His name is Everett Fitzhugh. He was recently named the new voice, the new play-by-play announcer for the Seattle Kraken. Why is this big news? Why should anyone care? Because he will be the first African-American hockey play-by-play announcer. And without him, I'm not in the situation I'm in. I don't get written about. I don't get this awesome show uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network. I don't get any of this without him. So I just want to pay it forward and just give him a special shout out and shout out to Seattle. That's just awesome. I know I know that that's an opposing team and, you know, they're going to get their own Locked On uh, show sometime in the future when the team comes closer and closer to opening day. But you, you, you get what I'm saying. So shout out to Everett Fitzhugh and thank you. I appreciate you. So we're going to talk less about the NHL playoffs and only talk about the teams that are relevant towards the Devils draft picks. So do you need a refresher as to what will happen if certain teams do this and or don't do a certain thing and how will it affect the New Jersey Devils draft stock? Well, if you need a refresher, remember the Devils have three first round picks. One sits at number seven. And as of right now, their other picks, number 18 and number 19, number 18 is courtesy of the Arizona Coyotes and number 19 is courtesy of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Those are their other two picks in the first round. If either team advances to the Western Conference final, the respective pick would be no higher than number 28. If either the Montreal Canadiens or the Chicago Blackhawks reach the conference finals, the Devils two picks could move up a spot. Now, if you recall in last week's episodes, I forget which one. Remember how I said I'm not a very lucky person? Well, here's the thing. As of this recording, the Blackhawks beat the Golden Knights by a score of 3-1. to one. But here's the thing. They're down three games to one, so I don't think they're going to advance. And honestly, they have no business of being in the playoffs. Remember, they upset the Oilers. 
And as for the Canadians, uh, there's still some hope for them. Uh, the Flyers won today of this recording on Sunday night at 11.21 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the Flyers came out victorious by a score of one to nothing, and the Flyers now lead the series two games to one. So that's also not good. Uh, Vancouver Canucks lead the St. Louis Blues by, well, uh, right now, currently, the score is 0-0 at the end of the first period. But Vancouver leads the series two games to none. So, uh... Uh, yeah, not looking good right there. And the Coyotes, well, here's some hope right here. The Colorado Avalanche are right now leading the series by a score of two games to one. Uh, don't count your chickens. So I don't think these draft picks are going to go any higher than they currently sit. So I think this is the highest, uh, I think this is all we're going to get. And, uh, I'm sorry, but it's just not looking good. Just, I, I told you the scores and the teams that we need to advance and the teams that we need to lose Right now, for the most part, everything is happening in the opposite direction. So I'd expect those draft picks to drop a little bit. But you know what? There's still three first-round draft picks. I guess that's more than uh, a lot of people can say. So, you know, uh, let's just see what happens. So anyway, turning the tide a little bit, uh, we talked about the draft a little bit. And let's talk more about our future young guys. Guys that we haven't selected yet, so we're going to have to go back to Riley Walsh. If you uh, recall, I talked about Riley Walsh in last week's episode. I believe that was posted on Wednesday, and I think there's a lot to be excited for for this young kid out of Harvard University. And he's an offensive-minded defenseman, and I think a lot of people have a lot of expectations for this kid, and rightfully so, because you know what? When you're in a rebuilding team like the New Jersey Devils, you need all the help you can get, and you need all the hope you can latch on to. And, and right now, Riley Walsh falls into that trap. So last week, I more of gave you who he was was from a statistical side of things and I don't feel like I went into much depth as people wanted me to so let's go into more detail as to how he affects the New Jersey Devils why was this signing necessary and what does the future hold for him truly and realistically so I did some research I found a few articles and I'm ready to share with you guys and don't worry I double check pretty much everything so that way I can provide you guys the right information and no fake news like I did uh, on Monday and like you know what I don't even need to get into that let's just go into detail as to what Riley Walsh brings to the table So one of the good things I found out about him is that signing Walsh means now that the Devils do not need to essentially recruit Walsh to sign an ELC after his senior year. Because remember, they had to sign him out early after his junior season because Harvard had canceled all their sports season. So it was an appropriate time to bring Walsh onto the table because if they didn't bring him onto the table, then he would become an unrestricted free agent and he would have to sign with someone else. So that was a that was just good timing and you know what maybe our luck isn't completely run out so that that was a that was a pretty much a good thing and that's why it was necessary and you know the team does not risk losing out on a prospect who has developed in a positive manner over the last three seasons I if you want to know more about his stats I'll post his elite prospect uh, numbers down below I'll, I'll post a link to uh so you can see his stats but I basically touched on it in last Wednesday's episode which is he's a very good offensive minded defensive man and you know what maybe just maybe because you know Lindy Ruff has some experience with his Harvard teammate and Adam Fox maybe um, 
Walsh can be the guy who carries the Devils defense similar to what Adam Fox did for the Rangers. With the potential dominance of Ty Smith and Kevin Ball, the Devils do not have many promising uh, defensive men to develop in the short term. So, you know, uh, that's actually bad news for the Devils if they can't have some young guys be developed to be great defensive men because, remember, the Devils have one of the worst defensive line combinations in all of the NHL, so that's a major red flag I have for the Devils, and we will touch about this in a future episode so that way we could talk more about what uh, free agents could potentially sign with the Devils, what trades could they do. I'm hearing a lot of trade rumblings Um regarding the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team I despise, and maybe a potential player there, so we'll see. Not to mention, they do not have many right-sided defenders in the pool. Other than Smith, they do not have any offensive-minded defenders in their system, which is bad for Lindy Ruff because, remember, Lindy loves to run a two-way system with his defensive men, and if he is going to do that, which I am highly against, he better do it correctly because this is possibly his last chance to have a head coaching position. I'm just putting that out there. Don't shoot the messenger, people. But uh, where was I? So keeping Walsh and sending him to the minors instead of risk losing him to another NHL team after a fourth season at Harvard is a huge, huge positive. It's also a positive as Walsh for a player. Now, will it be easy to develop him? No. And there's definitely going to be some rough patches and... Uh, Developing players is definitely a process, so you have to trust the process, as we say in Philadelphia, but you know what? Just be patient and because you can't rush a rebuild, and if you do, you're just going to set yourself up for failure and you just extend that rebuilding process. So what does all of this mean for the New Jersey Devils? Well, I am a huge fan of this signing. I think it's a great thing, and how does this impact your team, you're probably wondering, because I don't think I touched on that as much on Wednesday's episode, so here's what I'm going to tell you. So he has a great chance of playing next year. Uh, next season in terms of 2020 and 2021 season. Just to be clear, I'm not talking about a full calendar year if some of you are confused. The Devils retain a growing young right-hand shooting defenseman who has an offensive component that a few other defenders in the system have. So for Walsh, I think he'll be a great asset. But the thing is, he has to be developed correctly and he has to be put in the right System. That's what I'm thinking. I think he's more of a system player. I think that's how he generates all these goals, all these points. So Harvard was like peanut butter and jelly for him. And for the Devils, we, we that's just left in the air and depends on what Lindy does with his team. So don't expect him to be on the first line. Don't, don't expect any of that. I don't expect him to play too much, but I expect him to play just enough because I, I, I just have a feeling about him. I think he's going to be very special for this Devils team. And, and you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And we will definitely cover more of him in a future episode. But as for today, that's about all the time I have for you guys. It was a full-packed episode. We have a whole lot to discuss, but you know what? That's what happens on a Monday. Usually Mondays are fast news days. So continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey.